Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is September the 4th, and our chapter reading for today is the book of Acts, chapter 9. Well, Philip was caught up and sent to another place, and he preached the gospel everywhere that he went. That is how Acts, chapter 8, ends. Then the narrative continues. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. This is Saul of Tarsus, who held the coats of those who stoned godly Stephen. And now he has asked for recommendations and letters of authority to go and round up people, even outside of Israel, all the way into Syria. He was filled with hatred. He was filled with ungodly zeal to maim and murder and threaten and to break this new sect that was arising that was proclaiming that Jesus of Nazareth was the Messiah. Now, it's interesting, the Apostle Paul calls this sect people who are of the way. If you'll notice, way is capitalized in most of our English versions because it was a reference to those who were later called Christians at Antioch in Syria. But these were people who were devoted followers of Jesus. Now, around the world, I don't even talk about being a Christian because that came later at Antioch in a Gentile context for the most part as they looked at the Jews and said, these people are simply a sect. They are acting as little messiahs. They are Christianos. But it was a term of being derogatory from all that I can tell. And so it now has a lot of baggage. The word Christian has a lot of baggage with those who are lost around the world and especially with Jews. So I talk about being a follower of Jesus of Nazareth because that translates anywhere as the real deal. And you call yourself whatever you want to. I'm just telling you what I do. And I don't make any bones about that, whether I'm in Israel or whether I am in South America or in Africa or in America or in Canada, wherever. I share the gospel. When people ask me, who are you? I say, I am a follower of Jesus of Nazareth. I go on to say, who died for my sins, who rose again from the dead and is alive today and coming back. You see, that is the gospel of Jesus, that he died for our sins, he was buried, and he rose again the third day. That's what the Apostle Paul, this same man, Saul, who was breathing out threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. He called these people the people of the way. Why? Because they were on the way. They were walking in the way of Jesus. They had a different lifestyle, a different belief system than all the rest of the Jews. 
And so as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. He was just outside of Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. It obviously was a bright light, which we'll see in just a moment. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? That's interesting. As far as we know, he never touched the Lord Jesus in the flesh. But here Jesus is saying, you're persecuting me. What that tells us is the same thing that he says about the Jews in the Gospel of Matthew and what he will say to the leaders of the world and the nations of the world when he comes to judge the nations at the end of the tribulation period and how they treated his brethren. Jesus, in speaking to the world leaders in the days ahead, said, When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. And they said, Lord, we never saw you in prison. We, we never saw you thirsty. We never saw you hungry. He said, when you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, that's the Jews. That's the context. Then you've done it unto me. Certainly in this passage, that also includes the church of Jesus, his body, his bride, his building. You see, the reality is for those of you who say, well, I love Jesus, I just don't love the church. Then what you're saying is, I love Jesus, I just don't love his wife. I don't love his bride. Well, I can tell you, friend, if you don't love my bride, you and I are not going to have fellowship because we are one. And this is what the Lord Jesus says over and over again. Saul, you're persecuting my church, and in doing that, you're persecuting me. Then the Lord answered Saul, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads, the ox goads. You see, on the back of every plow, there were sharp sticks that were facing the back legs of oxen. And these sticks that were sharpened were called goads. If every now and then a contrary ox would begin to kick against that wooden plow, then he could break the plow into pieces and cause a lot of damage. And so the reason that those sharpened sticks are there is so that when the oxen would kick, he would wound himself. And if the harder he kicked, the deeper the wounds would be. And this is what Jesus is referring to. Saul, you're kicking against the pricks. You're kicking against the ox goads. And when you do, the harder you kick, the deeper the wounds are. That's the way conviction is. That's what he's talking about. He said, the harder you fight, the harder it's going to be for you. So he, that is Saul of Tarsus, trembling, nay, was traumatized. And Astonite, he was astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Now the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul rose from the ground, and when his eyes were open, he saw no one. He couldn't see. They led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus, and for three days he was without sight. He neither ate nor drank. Now, this is interesting because when you read the text of the Bible, the scripture says that Saul of Tarsus had a traumatic experience, and when he was recalling this, he talked about what brought him to that point. 
Now, I want to just read to you the account that he gives in the temple complex when he was arrested when he came back to Jerusalem after his missionary journeys. It says, so Paul says, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of no mean city. In other words, this is a very well-known city where I came from, and I implore you, permit me to speak. Now, this is Acts chapter 21, verses 39 and following. It goes into chapter 22, but there's no need for a chapter break there. They just happened to put that in several hundred years ago. And so when he had been given permission, Paul stood on the stairs and motioned with his hand to the people. And when there was a great silence, he spoke to them in the Hebrew language, saying, now that's what was spoken in the temple complex, the normal tongue for those living in Judea was Aramaic, and the common language, the lingua franca of the day, the trade language was Greek. But he spoke to them in Hebrew. Why? Because he was at least trilingual and probably quadlingual. That means he probably knew at least four languages, Latin included. And he said, Brethren and fathers, hear my defense before you now. And when they heard that he spoke in the Hebrew language, they kept all the more silent because obviously he was fluent. He was a great rabbi studying under the great elder Gamaliel, and so he was fluent, uh, obviously, and very eloquent. And he said, I am indeed a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel. Oh, my goodness, that got their attention. I was taught according to the strictness of our father's law and was zealous toward God as you all are today. I persecuted this way. There it is again. I persecuted this way, the people who lived this way, who thought this way, who obeyed this way. I persecuted them unto death. In other words, he murdered them, binding them and delivering them into prison, both men and women. As also the high priest bears me witness and all the counsel of the elders from whom I also received letters to the brethren and went to Damascus to bring them in chains, even those who were there. I wanted to bring them to Jerusalem to be punished. And that happened as I journeyed and came near Damascus about noon. Suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me, and I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? We just read this in chapter 9. So I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you're persecuting. Isn't it interesting when they said, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? He was not ashamed of his hometown. And those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me. So I said, What shall I do, Lord? And he said unto me, Arise and go to Damascus, and there you'll be told the things which are appointed for you to do. And since I could not see for the glory of the light. Now, this is very important as to what I want to get across to you today. He could not see for the glory, the brightness of the light. And he goes on and talks in verse 17 about how he got into the place where God's spirit made his heart pliable to receive the Lord. Now, it happened, verse 17, chapter 22 of Acts, when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple, that I was in a trance and saw him saying unto me, Make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. So I said, Lord, 
They know that in every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those who believe on you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by consenting to his death and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. And so the Lord said, Depart, for I will send you far from here to the Gentiles. Now, what I want you to see is that Saul of Tarsus never got away from the fact of listening to Stephen, praying for him as he died. Lord, don't lay this to their charge. Now, here was a man who was being stoned, and and he was praying for those who were stoning him. Sounds like Jesus on the cross. Father, forgive them. You see, this is the way the child of God dies. What a paradigm for us to follow. What a template for us to adhere to. And so Saul said that he was blinded by the glory of God. I believe that Saul's thorn in the flesh, this is Tony. I believe that Saul's thorn in the flesh was an eye disease that resulted from the blinding glory of seeing the Lord Jesus. And you say, well, why is that? Well, uh, for a lot of reasons. But if you read in the book of Galatians, you will see there that the Apostle Paul was so fond of the Galatians. And he said to them, listen to this, brethren, I urge you to become like me, for I became like you. You have not injured me at all. You know that because of my physical infirmity, now this is Galatians chapter 4 and verse 13, you know that because of my physical infirmity, I preached the gospel to you at first. And my trial, which was in my flesh, you did not despise or reject, but you received me as a messenger, as an angelos of God even as Christ Jesus himself is the implication. Listen to verse 15. What then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear you witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. Have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Now it's interesting. The apostle Paul says twice there that it was a physical infirmity that he had. And evidently, he was hideous to look at, but they didn't hold that against him because he was being led around, obviously. What was his infirmity? Well, I think it was his eyes. Why? Because they didn't want to give him an arm. They didn't want to give him a hand. They didn't want to give him a leg or a foot, or they didn't want to give him a nose or a mouth. They wanted to give him their eyes. Why? Because he couldn't see. That was not the last thing he said to the Galatians. If you look at chapter 6 and verse 11, as he is closing his letter, now listen what he says. See what large letters I have written to you with my own hand. You see, he didn't write the whole book. Why? Because he couldn't see to write. That's why he always had an amanuensis writing for him. I believe that's why Luke wrote all of his letters, including Hebrews, which the apostle Paul would have dictated to him. Now, here's what he says. See what large letters I have written. I think the King James says with what you see this large letter that I have written. Large, not as in long, but he was writing in big school 
boy block letters like big alphabet, not in script, but huge letters. Why? Because he had to write that big to see them. And he wrote them with his own hand. In other words, he took the cursor away from Luke and said, let me write this part because I want them to see that this is my own hand because they watched me scroll out things before when I was with them. They saw that I couldn't see little letters and uh, like the most of the New Testament was written, minuscule letters, uh, not the big capital letters. But he said, you see how large of a letter I have written to you. These large letters, these were big block letters. Why would he do that? I believe when the Lord appeared, his glory was so bright that it blinded Paul. We know it did for three days. He opened his eyes, couldn't see a thing, and they had to lead him to Damascus. I believe that absolutely damaged his retina with the glory of God. And God granted him enough sight to get around. And I believe this is no doubt without any doubt in my mind with the evidence that we have in the book of Galatians when we have the evidence of what Paul said with his own mouth. And we see what he's saying here to the Galatians and what he said about his eyes and his physical infirmity. I believe this is what he prayed. God removed this thorn in my flesh. I'm having to be led around. I can't see. It wasn't some demon that was chasing after him. Oh, they were always chasing after him. But I don't believe that's what he was facing. I believe it was a physical calamity. I believe that it was a physical infirmity, a sickness that he had in his eyes because he saw the blinding blaze of the glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ. And it changed his life forever, but it also changed his walk forever, his sight forever. This is just another one of the great stories of the book of Acts. We're on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.